Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Rollin Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this special episode of CareCast, you will be treated to a live interview Rollin did with author and speaker Jill Savage during CareNet's recent annual national conference in Atlanta, Georgia. Jill was one of the keynote speakers at the conference, and she sat down with Rollin to talk about kicking the perfection infection out of our lives. Take a listen. Well, hello everyone. We've got an opportunity uh, today to speak with Jill Savage. She's here at the 2018 uh, CareNet uh, conference and uh, just gave a keynote uh, for our folks and wanted to just spend some time talking to Jill a bit about what she what she spoke about so Jill um, welcome uh, thank you the CareNet conference thank you glad to have you so can you just talk a little bit about what you what you covered with with the attendees at at the conference right well what we we talked about is uh, kicking the perfection infection out of our life okay Um, and uh, you know, what often happens is we have, uh, we struggle with failure, our own failure. We struggle with the failure of others. We have unrealistic expectations, mm-hmm. which uh, when you sit there for too long leads to discontentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're afraid to take off our mask and be honest about the struggles uh, that we face, uh, the struggles maybe our family faces. And then um, uh, ultimately, you know, we, we find ourselves in this place of discontentment, a uh, place of anger and shame in mm-hmm. dealing with uh, our mistakes and mistakes of others. And uh, that, that doesn't help our relationships. Right. So okay. certainly we need excellence. Certainly we need accountability and sometimes mm-hmm. consequences. But what we need um, a lot more often is we need to learn how to use what I call the antidotes to the perfection infection, which is um, the courage to take off our masks, mm-hmm. the forgiveness that is desperately needed, um, you know, to offer to ourselves sometimes, to others, grace, the grace to be human, to make, mm-hmm. to make little mistakes, to do things differently than each, you know, than, than uh, maybe you allow somebody to do something different than you do, um, and to give them the grace to be different. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, that's really what I had hoped to do is equip them with the ability to look beyond um, their usual ways of responding, right? Okay, and uh, to learn to respond in uh, ways that Jesus really showed us how to do. Right, right. That's really interesting that you, that you say that because one of the things I really took away from um, your remarks was this whole focus on, you know, expectations, and um, you know, one of the things I. I say often, even to myself and often to right. my family, is that one of the main reasons for conflict is unfulfilled, unspoken expectations. expectations. Yep. And where we set the expectations. And certainly um, with the work that we do with clients, that could be a real challenge if we have unrealistic expectations and then there's frustration or compassion fatigue when, when folks don't you know, live up to a certain expectation that, that we, we can have. Totally. Um, yeah. And uh, those, those expectations are damage marriages. They damage organizations, um, and it can be on both sides. Yeah. You know, the client can come in with unrealistic expectations that right. you have to help them work through, yeah. and you have to you have to help bring them a little closer to reality. Yeah. And then at the same time, you can deal with unrealistic expectations of your staff or right. those that you work with, and certainly we see it in marriage, 
we see it in parenting. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the most loving things that we can do is examine our expectations. Right, yeah. And it's interesting because I think one of the key reasons that we end up with clients is based on unrealistic expectations. Mm. So you put yourself in a situation sexually yep. um, where you, you know, are, are uh, put yourself in a situation in a sense where you have an opportunity to become pregnant. Yes. Um, and, and think that it won't happen, which right. is an unrealistic expectation, expectation <laughs> if you're having unprotected sex. Yeah. And then once that happens, then you have another expectation uh, potentially about what's going to happen. And, and frankly, there's an unrealistic expectation even around the consequences of abortion, which is why there's so much trauma yes. in so many people's lives that, you know, the other side and, and, and so our culture says, well, you know, this is just it's just tissue. It, it, it's like any other medical procedure. You'll be able to move past this. Uh, and, yes. and there won't be any regret. So you set up yourself to say, well, there shouldn't be any regret, then you, which is an unrealistic expectation because you're taking a human life. Yes. And so the expectation, if you take a human life and you have humanity, is that you will have some regret uh, from that. And there's an expectation also that the relief that you felt after the abortion mm -hmm. will continue so true. When in reality, that's an it, unrealistic expectation if, in fact, you're taking a human life and there could be some regret, which means your relief will start to dissipate. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, really powerful for us and very, very relevant. Um, the other thing I really thought that was just so powerful, when, you know, I, I think as Christians, you know, we obviously there's the verse that says, be, be perfect as I am perfect. Well, that's, and that's, kind of what that's we're part of discipleship, yeah. that we're becoming more like Jesus every day. Right. But on this side of heaven, yeah. we're not going to accomplish that. Yeah. But um, yes, I, I, I think that we have, to, we have to temper that with reality because perfection is in heaven. Right. And that's where we're headed. And that's mm -hmm. where we want to take folks with us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we got to recognize. Um, so again, when you kick the perfection infection out, you're not, um, you're not saying yes to mediocrity. Right. You're, you're just, um, you're adjusting your expectations to excellence, but mm -hmm. recognizing that failure is gonna happen. We have the opportunity to grow through failure mm -hmm. um, and to recognize that that is a normal part of life. And, it's, and, and to recognize that's normal for those that we love, those that we work with. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times, um, and particularly leaders, we are natural perfectionists. Mm -hmm. We just are, right. yeah. Because it's the drive in us. It's the, you know, it, it. We can see more, and we we just have this vision that, you know, we get it in our head, and so we can often drive people to to perfection, mm -hmm. and not realize that that's what we're holding them up to. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you kind of reframe that in terms of being perfected. Yes. As a, as a process. Let's give up being perfect and replace it with being perfected. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. that's a very interesting way to think about that. That was very helpful to me as I thought about that because trying to reconcile that verse because like be perfect is sort of like be on time. Like, you're right, like right, right. You know what I mean? It's like we need to do this right now. That kind right. of a thing as, a, as opposed to um, that call from Christ is an aspirational thing. It's, yes. a, it's a high idea. Yes. Um, in the same way that, you know, loving your loving your enemies. Obviously, we struggle with that and, yeah. and, and have a, have challenges doing that. But but that's still the call. Yes. That high idea. It's aspirational and it's a process in order in order to be there, uh, be at, at that place where you're able to do that. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about like maybe your connection to um, 
the life issue and you know how you yeah. like in your own life how how this kind of connects to you because we were delighted to have you say yes to come and speak here and it's Absolutely. always good to know sort of the history or what connects well you know I've always been uh, connected to our pregnancy resource center in um, our community very much on the edge just on the edge you know providing resources on occasion that kind of a thing um, recently I've had the opportunity to begin to speak at banquets and okay. I'm loving that um, but from a personal perspective, we have our own choose life story. We have a son um, that uh, had a child outside of wedlock and mm -hmm. that just um, broke our hearts. But uh, we were so grateful that both he and the young lady made a decision to choose life and mm -hmm. ultimately uh, give her a, a home through adoption gotcha. and uh, my sister adopted wow um, my sister adopted her and my sister was 49 years old never been married uh, never had any children always wanted to be and became a first-time mom at 49 wow so um, as I shared today, uh, we have a grandbaby niece, and that'll kind of mess <laughs> with your head a little bit. But, um, but you know, um, that was it was so good to walk through that with them um, mm -hmm. and their decision to choose life. So it is very personal for me as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm fond of saying that life decisions need life support. Yes. And you know, we we, we obviously are wanting people to make that life decision. Um, but there's that next piece, which is what's the support that we're going to be able to provide and yes. how are we going to work to help remove those those obstacles that may be in the way of a life decision. And, and certainly uh, having a, a sister um, that's willing to adopt and even uh, you and your, your family, your husband, right. and your, your family's willingness to to. Um, understand in, in, in the midst of that quote imperfection yep. in terms of God's high idea that yep. there was a plan that there was a plan there and seeing that and walking through that mm -hmm. that's really and neat. you know I mean ultimately our son that uh, did father little Gabby um, he was adopted himself uh, mm -hmm. we adopted him from Russia and you know I'm grateful that his mother chose life Mm -hmm. um, because we'd be missing a really important member of our family. Mm. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I think that was the first time that, you know, it really touched our lives in a very personal way as well. The issue, the issue did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. And it's, and it's a great uh, story uh, for us, too, and a reminder for us because, you know, in terms of the issue that we deal with, uh, on a daily basis. I mean, there there are other options out there. I mean, the mm -hmm. culture would say that, well, you're facing an unplanned pregnancy, there's, you know, yeah. have a con kind of a consumer mentality that, you know, it's a consumer transaction. You know, yeah. abortion is a morally neutral consumer product that women need, and you should access it in the same way you do any other morally neutral consumer product. And this child, you should have a consumer mindset in terms of that child and put the child away like you would anything else that you don't no longer need in your life if that's not gonna fit into your life. And being able to kind of transition that mm -hmm. to thinking about this from a covenant perspective, mm -hmm. you know, children are a covenant relationship, not a consumer relationship. That's very powerful. Yes. So you being able to help your your son um, be able to walk through that and have that mm -hmm. perspective, and then to model that, uh, obviously with your sister having a covenant relationship 
with your yes, granddaughter, 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 granddaughter niece. Granddaughter niece. <laughs> you need to come up with like a new word, like a grand, a, a, gr a grenace or a, a niece, a niece grand or something. You, you can create a whole new word word for that. And it'll probably catch on. So yeah, good. no kidding. Yeah, well, good. Well, listen, thank you so much for spending time with us thank and coming you. to the conference and just blessing us. So we really appreciated it. I know it was a blessing for me and there's some very key things just in terms of my own leadership uh, mm -hmm. style and management. Uh, that my staff are now going to hold me accountable to because they heard your presentation. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dang, they were here and they heard that. I know, they're going to be like, they're just going to play me back. Remember what Jill said, don't hold us to perfection as I try to hold them to perfection. All right, well, blessings to you. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. That was an interview Rollin conducted with Jill Savage, a keynote speaker at CareNet's recent annual national conference in Atlanta, Georgia. We hope you enjoyed it. In the next episode of CareCast, we will present another interview Rollin did with another one of our conference keynote speakers, actress Chelsea Cameron. See you next time.